Welcome to Ghostly. Hey, that's that's my line. Well, this is a different kind of episode. We need a different kind of opening. What do you mean, different? Well, this is our live show episode. Oh, oh, that's right. We did do that. Yeah, remember we were in the room that was sold out? At Elgin Fringe Fest. Yeah, with Bob After Dark. Yeah, Not only sold out, though. Can I say that there were people standing all over the place? Yes, we had to give up our own chairs. I didn't give up mine. Well, no, but the rest of us did. Oh, okay. And wow, and they were they actually turned people away, too. They did. There were people literally standing outside the windows with their hands on the windows looking inside. Yeah, and I know in this recording it only sounds like there was 15 people, but trust us, I'm not lying about this. <laughs> I've lied in other podcast about the audience. This time I didn't have to. No. You could Watch our video uh, up on Facebook that I plugged for Michael Rivers, your brother, yeah, that came out to there. play piano. He did so great. And that's why we didn't have the music in the front then, I guess. Yeah, but th- don't worry. You're still going to hear it. This was a great episode. Two super scary ghost stories. Yeah. Elgin Mental Health Center Ooh. and Channing Elementary School, both in Elgin, Elgin Illinois. Okay. Yeah. Not in... Elgin, Florida. Exactly. Not in Elgin. Elgin, Panama. Australia. Though we did have an Australian on the show. Oh, yeah. I know you like that. Yeah, it was fun. Good accent. Uh, And there was... Anthony. (laughs) There was a lot of debate in this episode. There Uh, was a little too much debate. Bob and Anthony were super, super excited to debate you. Yeah. And... um, well, I kind of lie during the episode, and I say that the skeptics, there was a lot more skeptics. No, the, I, <laughs> I got I got my butt handed to me. Well, you did get some help with from a friend. Yeah, Nick Mataragas from Freak of the Week yeah. uh, helped me with the camera debate, which I've been wanting a photographer to come on the show for a while now, and it just so happened he was right in front of us. Yep. He was there, so but you probably know. to correct my grammar. Well, I'm sure he was doing that pronunciation. As well. Yeah, yeah, but it's a good episode. Yeah. Lots of spooky history, lots of fun, and lots of good debate. Absolutely. Oh, and you know what? Uh, we did this interview on the David Vox Mullen show. Yeah. So there's a lot of ghostly to be had this week. Yes. Yeah, so we got interviewed by, as ghostly as ghostly for David Vox Mullen. Yes, we talk a lot about ourselves and kind of how we got to where we are with our beliefs or not beliefs, as the case uh, may or be. Or maybe that people would think I was a believer after listening to ah, that. Ah, it's possible. We get into some science experiments. Yeah, it's weird. Like, we goes deep. It goes really deep, and uh, you know, David Vox Mullen is a great host too. Uh, he is the man of many talents, right? <laughs> he is, and he's a really strong interviewer. He is, you know. I felt, but I felt really comfortable though. Oh yeah, definitely. And he kept everything going. Yeah. Well, um, we'll have to see. Maybe we'll hear more from him. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, he is kind of my friend, so kind I mean, of. I hope I still hear from him after that. I hope so. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> so I um, guess we it's should. Time. Why are you so happy sounding? It's time for the polls. I'm always happy for the polls. Always happy. This is a sad moment. No, this is a really happy moment. 
All right. Yeah, remember when you took over Facebook and you were you re uh, posted our poll and were like, "Team skeptic, come on out." I don't. I don't recall this. Uh huh. So here's the end. We're calling it. It's the end. Yep. Of this poll. Oh yeah, because you said it to keep going. For <laughs> I know. I said week. it for like an extra week, but I thought this... you meant it was the end of Ghostly. No. <laughs> end of the poll. We're calling it right now. 72% say Dillinger's ghost still haunts this earth. 28% no, it says no, it doesn't. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know what happened there. We were doing so, so good for what so long. What happened is the truth. The truth wins out. Mondo was here, man. Mondo believed me. That's, I was convincing. He stabbed me in the back. <laughs> Speaking of um, something a little bit sadder, I do want to say that Podcoin is going under. They are shutting their doors. Pod doors. Pod doors, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So if you are listening to us right now on Podcoin, just remember, there are different spots that you can find us. You can go on ghostlypodcast.com, either click on the hamburger menu or you'll see it right up at the top, depending if you're on your computer or on your phone, and then click on Find Us. There are so many different ways that you can find us. Uh, I personally recommend Overcast. That is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I know you have a different one. I use Downcast. Okay. Um, and actually, Podcoin rep- recommends Castbox. Yeah, I've tried Castbox. It, it wasn't my favorite, but that's because I like to automate a bunch of stuff. I, you know, I, I do some crazy stuff with all the podcasts that I listen to. Yeah, but really, anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. You can listen to Ghostly. Yes. We're even on Pandora. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening to us on Podcoin, they are going to go away as of the the September 24th. So please go right now and subscribe to us somewhere Somewhere else else and make sure that you don't miss any Ghostly. And make sure you cash in your Podcoins too. Absolutely. We would recommend you give it to charity, but we understand... Everybody needs money. I mean, we need a lot more equipment, so we should cash in some of ours for some money for equipment. Yeah, right? There you go. All right, so what what else is going on? Okay, so I I didn't tell you this, but I found the coolest thing today on Facebook. Wait, were you, you're going to do this during the recording of a show? Yeah. I, I didn't even have time to prepare anything. You're going to love it, so I'm, I didn't even worry about it. Okay. I didn't even worry okay. about it. I'm so excited about this. So I got I got one of those like Facebook ads for a thing called the Dark History and Horror Con. What? Yeah. Dark History and Horror Con is happening in Champaign, Illinois, so right in the Midwest, not too far from us. Wait, do they have champagne there? Is that where they make the champagne? It is not where they make it, but they probably have some. Oh, okay. I don't even drink. But in the episode, uh, I sound like I've been drinking too. (laughs) Well, it's where University of Illinois is. So it's a college town. Lots of fun. Yeah. Uh, But it's happening the weekend before Halloween. So I think that's like the 24th, 5th, 6th, something like that. I don't don't think I'm doing anything that weekend. I don't think I'm doing anything that weekend. So it, it, okay, seriously, reading the description, it is like us. It is us? It is. It's so... It's there's going to be a lot of artwork, authors, comics, all things dark and creepy. It says, "Wait, it, I'm dark and creepy, right?" And there, it talks about true crime, gangsters, serial oh. killers. I mean, it's oh all of our stuff. We really got to try to go. We I, seriously, no, we are like we're gonna try. Wow. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll reach out to them. I think you should. 
because right. this is seriously amazing looking. So, anyways, hopefully we'll end up being able to go. Maybe some of you guys will make it there too. It's we it's could bring some buttons too. Ooh, definitely. You know, people loved our glow in the dark buttons at Elgin Fringe. So they did. Yeah, it was cool. All right, I don't think we have anything else. Oh, we do have one more thing. Uh, yeah, just one. Like yeah. the most important thing, things that people are trying to guess online. Well, usually we save this to the end of the episode. So this is weird for me. Yeah, well, I'm so excited. We've got our announcement. It is time, everybody, for Ghostly's Exorcism. We're going to get exercised? Yeah. I have to exercise? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, our October theme, everybody, is exorcisms. Wow. A month or four episodes. Yeah, I'm going to say that because we decided, you know, and we kept saying we're going to do all of our episodes. We're going to do one episode <laughs> a week in October. There's five Wednesdays in October, so that's 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 a lot of exorcism. <laughs> we're, we're we're still going to do. We're still going to give you five episodes yeah. in October, right? But one of them, the first one, mm-hmm. will not be about about any kind of exorcism. No, it's going to be really good, though. Yeah, what is it going to be it's about? It's going to be about the Biltmore. Oh, which, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's kind of it's one of the the hotels that was the basis for. Uh, the Shining, the hotel in The Shining, oh. with like the hedges and all that stuff outside. Um, super haunted, super, super not great, haunted. super totally haunted. Lots of ghost stories. Wow, lots of good history. Um, been through a lot. So can we can we find a skeptic to come on the show? Maybe no, no. Okay, no, no more no more skeptics. So the dates though for the October episodes that are going to be so uh, the Biltmore is going to be on. Uh, the second. Yes. It's going to be October 2nd. And then the 9th, the 16th, the 23rd, and Halloween Eve, the 30th, will be all about exorcism. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. We've like, just, we're going to cover this thing from every angle. Yes. Interviews, history, real stories, and stories that are related to other stories. It's I'm excited. I think we started off a little bit in the David Vox Mullen interview as well, talking about my passion for it. Yeah. I don't know if he cut it or not. Yeah. I don't know. Because we told him it was top secret. We did tell him it was top secret. But, you know, it's okay because now everyone knows. Now the world knows. Now the world knows. Yeah. All of you, the ghostly society. (laughs) Society of, what did? Of ghostly gentlemen? (laughs) I don't know. What? (laughs) We came up with the name for everybody but it was the ghostly society the ghostly society okay sorry thank you where does that come from the midnight society oh yeah the midnight society right yes sorry it's been if it's been a week it's been a bit of a crazy (laughs) week i uh anyways so yeah the ghostly society is kind of like the midnight society where people go and they tell spooky stories in the in the woods uh we just happen to tell it on podcasts didn't they do that in the Dead Poet Society? Yeah, it's a little bit. It, okay. Their stories were a little different, but yeah, yeah. it kind of like that. All right. Well, you know what? I think we should let them hear what we did. I am so proud of this episode. You know, most podcasts, when they do live episodes, I don't really enjoy them. But this one is different. The audio quality is still pretty good. There are some feedback issues at a couple of points. Rebecca thinks it's a ghost. So... <laughs> <laughs> So I got to prove her wrong by 
you know, turning down the volume. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so here it is. Stay ghostly. Bye. Welcome to Ghostly. <laughs> I gotta adjust levels. Yay! <laughs> Thank you guys. And you know, why don't we give a round of applause for Michael Rivers yeah. for playing? Yeah. <laughs> he plays all of our music on Ghostly too. Yeah. So if you listen to Ghostly, he plays all of it. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm still adjusting levels here. Uh-oh. I don't want us to give you too much feedback here. <laughs> okay. All right. So, I have to ask this to start off the show. By the way, thank you guys for coming. It looks like we packed this place, right? Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. All right. He has a plan. Yeah. All right. This is, this is what we do in between our episodes is we go, <laughs> hey, do this. And it's like, no, I have it planned in just a second. <laughs> Please. I don't trust him. Yeah, she doesn't. No. So by a round of applause, how many of you believe in ghosts? All right, then I'm in the wrong place. Um, How many of you are skeptics? Interesting, there's like three of you, but you're louder than the believers. I love that. Uh, So... I am Pat. I am one of the hosts of Ghostly, and I am absolutely hashtag team skeptic. So this is Rebecca next to me. She is hashtag team believer. Why don't you introduce yourself, Rebecca? Well, you just you just did. I just did, but you could say a couple words. Uh, Oh, okay. Words. No. (laughs) Hmm. Hi, everybody. I'm Rebecca, and I'm so happy to have all my believers in the house. This is so exciting. We're gonna we're gonna have to tell some good ghost stories today. Yeah, and that's what Ghostly is all about, is we are okay with skeptics and believers. We have a ghost podcast where you can debate ghost stories, and the listeners, you guys, get to decide if they're real or not. Yes. So we will be asking you at various times what you guys think. So I want you to applaud if you believe or not believe when we say it, okay? All right. Seems fair? All right, (laughs) Rebecca, you were going to introduce... Uh, yes, we have a special, special guest with us today uh, from Bob After Dark. Woohoo! All right. So, uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to let you guys tell the audience a little bit about you and your show. That's us. Oh, we're on. That's what we're okay, on. Oh, we're on. You want to go first? You want to no, go first? I'll go first. By all means. Hi, guys. I'm Bob. Hi, Hi, Bob. Bob. Hi, Bob. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad to see some participants. I am the uh, host, creator, director of Bob After Dark. We are a show that primarily talks about the paranormal things that go bump in the night. Where we differ a little bit from Ghostly is we do talk about ghost stories, but we also talk about cryptozoology, extraterrestrial activity, legends, lore, the supernatural, even the occult. Ooh, spooky Ooh. stuff. All stuff I don't Ooh. believe in, just so you guys know. Do you believe in holidays, Pat? 
Some holidays, Because yeah. we will talk about the secret origins of holidays. We'll ruin Ooh. Christmas for you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and alongside of me, as always, is my ever-wonderful co-host from Australia, Anthony. Oi. G'day there. <laughs> so before I start, my name's Anthony. I am from Australia. Hi, Anthony. True fact. <laughs> In Australia, we don't say really hello. We say oi. So if everybody could do me a favor, because it really makes me feel like I'm at home. On the count of three, if we can all have a big oi. Okay. So one, two, three. Oi. Perfect. I feel home now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to have some backup believers with me today. Uh, Pat is the odd one out. By the way, everybody up here is hashtag believer except the odd one out. Well, or, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I think our our pianist is also probably hashtag team skeptic. So... Yeah, he's, uh, on, he's, he's here on with my side, but he doesn't have a mic. <laughs> Somebody get him a mic quickly. I don't, I don't know how that happened. It just didn't, I don't know. All right, so what we usually do with ghost stories is we go through a complete history of the ghost story. Today we're focusing on Elgin. Have you guys ever heard of Elgin, Illinois? <laughs> no? Okay. What's an Elgin? So today we're going to, yeah, it's someplace close by here somewhere. Mm. I don't know. So today we're focusing on Elgin. So that's the history I'm going to be giving is the history of Elgin. And it's kind of short, but it... It really has an impact to the story here. Well, I mean, the history of Elgin isn't short, but your version of it yeah, is short. Yeah, my version of okay. the history is gotcha. short. Yeah. All right. So we were researching Elgin, and what we realized is that this is one of the most haunted spots in the Midwest. And we did not realize that when we decided to do you know, Elgin as our topic. Thank you for turning the lights off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially because what did we learn about the very place we're in? Well, that's what I'm going to tell everyone in a second. So, yeah. So, the Guilford brothers are noted as some of the first U.S. settlers of Elgin in 1835. So, that was a long time ago, right? Pretty much, relatively. You were around back then, right? I was around. You were around back then, yeah. I was, yes. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't around then. (laughs) Like 1836 or so, I was around, but not 35. Uh, So they were searching for a site on the stagecoach route from Chicago to Galena. Elgin got its name from the Scottish tune Elgin, which I've never heard. And from the lyrics I looked up, I can't pronounce a single word of that. So it says Elgin someplace in there. Uh, Elgin is 184 years old. I mean, the land isn't. The land is forever. But, you know, Elgin itself is. In 1849, the Galena and Chicago Union Railroad reached Elgin, which later would be served by railroads running along both banks of the Fox River, linking the growing town to Chicago and other suburbs. That's cool, right? Mm -hmm. So there was a way to get to Galena from Chicago, and one of the stop-offs was Elgin. The town continued to thrive during the 1860s, both as a center of military production during the Civil War and because industrial enterprises began to use the water power of the swiftly flowing Fox River. Elgin was first known for its butter and dairy goods. Uh, if you guys have tried the oat milk coffee here, it is, man, it's awesome. I loved it. <laughs> Um, just want to put a plug in for Blue Box. <laughs> yeah, Blue Box. Yeah, it's here yeah. for Blue Box, right? Uh, so they sold goods to Chicago. Gail Borden established a condensed milk factory here in 1866. 
You guys remember condensed milk? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's a while ago. I haven't had it in a long time. I think they still make it, right? Yes. Yeah. But Elgin does not, sadly. No. <laughs> the local library was named in his honor, Gail, Gail Borden. The El, uh, then Elgin had its Elgin Watch Company, which actually it's better known for. Uh, they sold watches under the names Elgin, Lord Elgin, and Lady Elgin. I thought you guys would like that, being into all that's paranormal and stuff. Lord yes. and Lady. Elgin. Mm. 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 (laughs) The factory was torn down in the summer of 1966 after about 100 years of manufacturing great watches. The clocks at Union Station in Chicago still bear the Elgin name. Little fact about Elgin. Mm -hmm. Elgin was one of the communities around the Chicago metropolitan area affected by the 1920 Palm Sunday tornado outbreak of March 18, 1920. Uh, That was an outbreak of at least 37 tornadoes, mostly over the Midwest. The tornadoes killed more than 380 people, and 1,200 were injured in that. This all seems like a typical city's origin, though, right? I mean, every city has their start and everything, but what makes Elgin more paranormal, I'm not going to say that it is because I'm not the believer, but... Uh, is that the Indian Removal Act of 1830 and the Black Hawk Indian War of 1832 led to the explosion of the Native Americans who settled and their burial mounds in the area, and they set the stage for the founding of Elgin. Elgin is built on some of these exact burial grounds. Spooky, huh? So we know burial grounds, Native American burial grounds, probably not a good idea to build a house on, right? Ah. <laughs> okay, that being said, I thought <laughs> I thought that picking out ghost stories for this show was going to be pretty easy. I thought there would be one or two, but it turns out there is thousands of ghost stories of Elgin. In fact, we talked to the owner of Blue Box, and he said Blue Box is actually haunted. Yeah, so you have a ghost ah. around you right now. Yeah, so Ooh. a ghost is within our presence, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a grilled sandwich. A grilled cheese sandwich. Sandwich. Excuse me. Southside coming out. All right, so Rebecca is going to start us off by telling us one of the ghost stories. All right. So uh, our first haunted Elgin location is Channing Elementary School. How many of you are familiar with Channing Elementary? We have a couple. A couple people. All wait, right. Wait, okay. That was the one that married Monica and lived across from Joey, right? No. That okay, was okay. Chandler. Okay, that was the one in Magic Mike, right? That I never saw, honestly. Never uh-huh. saw it. That was Channing Tatum. Okay, then I'm confused. I definitely saw Magic Mike. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are a lot of spooky stories surrounding this place. Uh, there, here's a woman in white, your favorite, Pat, uh, oh, to uh, creepy voices calling out. Uh, so there's been a lot of supernatural experiences at uh, Channing Elementary School. Um, so I just wanted to start uh, with a little history about the land because, you'll, as you'll see, it's definitely uh, important. Um, it plays a big part uh, in what we're in our haunted stories. Um, this historical information is based primarily, uh, I got it from openelgin.com, uh, Judy Van Dusen. Let's hear it Elgin for openelgin.com. Geological <laughs> Society. Uh, so I, I want to give credit. Um, so the land where Channing Elementary School is located used to be known as Channing Street Cemetery. Uh, 
Uh-oh. It was established in 1843, so, you know, not too long after the town was built, uh, when James T. Gifford donated the land. One of the brothers that actually founded Elgin. There you go. It was officially designated a public burying ground in 1845. Unfortunately, because it was located in the center of town space, uh, was pretty much at a premium. They, they ran out of room. They couldn't really uh, keep adding anything to it, and they really wanted the space. Um, so um, they decided they were going to move it in 1888 um, to, they made uh, Bluff City Cemetery, right, which is still there. Um, as the which new is official, haunted as well. Also haunted, that future episode. Uh, official <laughs> cemetery. So interestingly, they started to contact the lot owners right in 1888, but they kept burying people there until 1906. Oh, Ooh. so they yeah, they contacted like fa- I shouldn't say, like the like the lot owners, the families, obviously not the actual people in the you know they didn't contact the people that were buried. Um, or maybe they fam- did. Maybe Bob, they did. maybe that's why. On that? Oh look, man, let me tell you something. About spiritual <laughs> communications—it's totally doable, right? We got some boards in the car. We got some chickens' feet. We can we can conjure something up right that's now. Absolutely. I could have talked to people in absolutely. all the buried there. Uh, at one point, there were thirty-five hundred graves in Channing. Wow. Yeah, wow. that's a lot. Wow. That's a lot. Um, so now uh, I'm just going to stop here. Any idea where the story is going? What do it's you guys haunted. think? It's haunted. There's a woman in white. There's orbs. There's well, some other. So stuff, I just told right? you though that they decided to move the cemetery and started calling people to be like, "Hey, you need to reinterment your loved ones." What do you think happened? Mm. Any guesses, good. guys? Yeah, let's let's see what happens. All right. Over the next 40 plus years, uh, the city kept working to have the remains moved and uh, had plans to make it a park. Uh, but the cemetery was officially closed in 1945 and they thought the removal was done in 1947. But as we kind of just guessed, right? <laughs> it turns out that wasn't done, right? Uh, <laughs> oops. In 1949... Um, Four acres were dug up to make a playground, and basically they just moved the coffins with bulldozers. So, yep, they what? interviewed residents from that time who remember just seeing coffins broken up and remains just scattered on the ground. Oh, wait, I, I've seen this movie that. before with, um, yeah, with uh, what's his name, Coach. Right, what, the Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah, we did a whole episode yeah, on just told us the script of Poltergeist. I did. I just told you this. I guess this is what they based it on. Uh, so, what better use for this land than an elementary school? Of oh, course. Yeah. Of course. That makes Absolute, perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. So, in 1969, Channing Memorial Elementary School, home of the Channing Cheetahs, uh, Go was Cheetahs. Built. Go Cheetahs, right? <laughs> Uh, there is still one official grave left there. Some say there's three, some sources I saw, but most just say one um, that's left there. It's the grave of William Hackman, uh, an Elgin National Watch Company employee who died 28, let's see here, oh, February 28th, 1885. Uh, in 1998, a new addition was built to the school, to, for the school. The city hired a team of archaeologists to check the ground first because everyone at this point was kind of like, yeah, there's probably still some bodies there. We kind of just figured that out. Maybe just one or two. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yep, they found two full skeletons and 13 graves. Ah, <laughs> ah. So, and that was just, you know, part of the, the land. Uh, and lastly, my favorite piece for the history part, occasionally a piece of coffin hardware, a tombstone fragment, or a bone is found on the school property. Oh, no. Yes. By the kids, right? By, yeah, I guess. So they're out playing kickball. I'm imagining this. They're playing kickball, and all of a sudden they kick up some dirt, and there is a hinge to a coffin there. Yep, pretty much. Oh, what's this bone? Is it an animal? (laughs) No. No, it's not. No, Uh, it's... Yeah. It's Jim. (laughs) 
All right, so how are we doing so far? Pretty spooky, right? Yeah. All right, so now that's the official history, right? These are things. Now we're going to go into the land of the supernatural. Oh, oh. land of the oh, make-believe, oh. as I call it. Ooh. Oh, Pat. Shots fired. Oh, shots fired. All right. All right, so here are some ghostly sightings reported at Channing. Faculty and staff report that an elevator seems to move on its own. There are uh, footsteps uh, heard on the roof, uh, dark figures seen, um, and even scratching on the walls. Any I see Pat's head trying to explode over there. I know. Logical what do you, what do you explanations think, for all of it. Do you think, do you believe? Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> so what I would say is uh, once word got out that this used to be a cemetery, obviously people are going to be like, hey, I saw this, I saw that, elevators moving, you know. That's what elevators do. They go up and down. By not the way. on their yes. own. Now, if they went left and right, I would probably say there's, there's something wrong there. So they no. They I, don't move I don't. on their own, though. Well, they do sometimes. I mean, <laughs> sometimes they're programmed to, like, when you get off on the sixth floor, it'll go down to the first floor to catch the next group of people. That's what happens. That's I'm elevators. pretty sure if that was what was happening, they wouldn't report it that way. All right, hmm. all right. Cold spots, right? Footsteps, sometimes screaming from the upper floor at night when no one else is around. Sounds like a typical Friday for me. Uh-huh. At the, at the <laughs> elementary school? Yeah, maybe not so much at the elementary school. <laughs> uh, to me, cold spots can be like a microclimate. There is cold spots all over the place. Uh, I was just down the block by the public house, and I got really hot. All of a sudden, after a couple of beers, I mean, it just was like, I got super, super hot, right? If you were walking, and all of a sudden, there was just this weird, random cold spot that you've, in fact, I know you've experienced this before, so. I would be thankful, actually, because I sweat all the time, like a pig, (laughs) yeah. So I would actually be like, oh, yes, I want to stay here, I want to move here. Have either of you guys ever experienced cold spots? Yes. Yes. Tell me about it. Specifics? I don't know. Where yes, were you? Yes, that's what we do. We talk. <gasps> well, we also do. We also do invest- investigations a lot. Yeah, so that's what I figured. One of my uh, one of my favorite ones actually just happened recently. So we were out on Archer Avenue hunting down Resurrection Mary. Oh, yeah. Our first episode was on Resurrection. Probably Mary. the most famous ghost yeah. story in Chicago. Right? Have you guys heard that story? Yeah. Okay. There you go. You All should right. definitely go check that place out. It- Super spooky. So, because I'm going to want to make Patrick's head explode over there. So, we're at the cemetery gates, right? And as we're standing at the gates, all of our equipment starts to malfunction and act really wonky. Mm-hmm. The um, To start with the cold spots, we used the old uh, laser thermometer, and the temperature dropped, was it 17 degrees from, yes. from where we were to, like, right past the gate. Mr. Microclimate. And also, <laughs> a little bit off topic, but whilst we were there, one of our other um, pieces of of machinery, uh, it's basically almost like a uh, picks up voices and picks up transmissions from the other side, um, was replaying Me. Bob's voice over and over on a loop cycle yeah, out of the blue. Yeah, and you can replay any ghostly episode, just go re-download <laughs> it, and you can just play it over. You can put it on a loop, too. So is that what that they was, were doing? That no. was really strange. Well, no, it was on a loop of just the introduction of my voice playing through the like 
EVP. I actually watched this video too, and I was yelling at the phone as I was watching this video. <laughs> yeah, but um, no. I, I also watched video. It was really it was scary. But I, there yeah. was there was legitimately horrifying parts to that entire adventure. <laughs> but the cold spots, I'm telling you. So from the moment here's me, here's the gate, here's past the gate. So the second I put my hand through the gate, it becomes instantly colder. So we shine the old laser thermometer and we came up 17 degrees colder from right. literally right past the gate wow and i'd imagine that you calibrated it that day right oh we and did you, actually you no we did well we legitimately we have it on video too so if you actually watch the video i did watch the video you'd how see did us, they find the video by the way um oh you want us to do that now you could do it now. so you can go to facebook.com slash bob after dark or if you just want to skip over the facebook part just go to bob after all of the videos are archived on there, especially our haunt recently with Resurrection Mary. But on that video, there is footage of us calibrating the equipment and showing that it was working, you know, where it was supposed to. We took the EMF and scanned it over phone lines, to sh power lines, to show that the meter would go up if we were by electricity. Yes. We're scientists, basically. And do, does everybody know why? There are cold spots. Like why that happens. According to Patrick, there's microclimates. Microclimates. <laughs> So basically the theory is is that when a spirit is trying to manifest or is in the area, basically it's, a spirit is made up of energy just like we are. But it's a different type of energy and a different type of vibrational pattern that the spirit manipulates in, um, in their world. So they're basically sucking out the heat and, and sucking in that energy, leaving our atmosphere cold. Cold spots or microclimates. Microclimates. Nice. Okay, you guys See, are officially off the show, show now. Time. That's it. No, just oh, kidding. Just oh. You guys can catch us. The Bob After Dark show is going to be out front of the blue box. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty seconds. We'll use our phones. We'll take you, you Rebecca with us. I, I do. I have a couple more. Okay. Uh, so these are some specific accounts that people have uh, posted about. Um, so we have uh, someone who wrote uh, in the Observer. Um, who wrote, growing up, uh, I remember hearing weird and creepy stories all the time um, of people that attended the school and from others that had simply heard some stories. Uh, these stories would often include people claiming to see a ghostly figure of a woman in white roaming uh, the halls. Can I just toss out there that I'm very proud that you were able to fit the word ghostly into your notes for the show? I mean, <laughs> I, I just wanted to point that out. So I'm sorry. Thank go on. you. And it's actually just a quote from somebody else. That's, uh. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah, Pat's favorite. He likes the woman in white. So in a lot of our ghost stories, there's a woman in white. I don't know why they're I think in she's white. the same woman. She just goes around. <laughs> yeah. And she hears what we're going to do an episode on and just shows up there right beforehand. It's possible. It's possible. So that, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, they, they, so the woman roams the halls. Um, they would catch a quick, uh, so they would catch a quick glimpse of the woman, but she would suddenly disappear before they could get a good look at her. Students would be walking through the halls alone and suddenly feel chills. There's the cold spots. Um, they would feel a haunting presence behind them, and if they turned to look, there would be no one there. So the students themselves also report feeling ghostly presence at the school. Uh, have you ever been a kid? <laughs> I've heard that I was. Mike, was I, can you nod? Was I, was I a kid at some point? Yeah, yes, okay. so... You would know. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, when I was a kid, I used to uh, tell people that I wanted to be a saint. Because ah. I wanted to be St. Saint, saint Patrick. So kids say the darndest things, right? So 
Yeah, I. They also speak the truth often. Sure. You know, kids are also the most spiritually sensitive yes. out of everybody, right? Yes, they are. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I got one more. This one, this one's my favorite. So, Becky Vickers of Beck's Ghost Hunting wrote about her experience at Channing in November of 2016, so not that long ago. She was visiting Elgin, and Channing was one of the places she investigated. She was with uh, a local friend of hers and Ghostly's good friend, Tony Zabelowski, or Zabelski. I was saying his right He's not such a good friend that we can't remember his <laughs> name. name I feel so bad. Zabelski, Zabelski, Zabelski. Zabelski, I'm going to get it. He was, no, he was going to be here tonight. He, he does was. tours of Bluff, Cemetery, of Bluff, Bluff City. City Cemetery He as does, well. and so, uh, look him up. He's he's awesome. He's amazing, and he does tours in the uh, city too. Um, yes. Chicago haunting tours. I believe yeah, that's he's it. He's great. Yes. He was on our Eastland disaster episode from uh, July, so July, you should check yeah. that out. Um, okay, so he uh, she writes that they kept thinking they could hear children, even though it was late on a Monday night. So you know, no kids around. Um, her equipment kept malfunctioning. Oh. So when you were talking about that. Uh, when they uh, <laughs> uh, when they were by the last remaining tombstone that I mentioned earlier, um, and they had a lot of communication on their equipment, um, including uh, their flashlights. Um, and one last thing, of course, they recorded one of the clearest EVPs that I have ever heard of a child saying, "I want to go." I listened to it over and over again. It was terrifying. Like you could clearly Ooh, hold hear. Hold on, he was getting ready to talk there. Look at it. Right yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe it was a kid that wanted to go to a Great America or something. You know, they just I want to go, go have home. Some fun. That's I want to go. Oh, I want to go. I want to go home. Is oh, what I they didn't. Said. I didn't hear the home part. I'm yes. sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Uh huh. Yeah. Part. <laughs> Often. One part. Are you just wired in to hear like the skeptic to come in? You don't hear the whole story. It's just yes. like EVP. What did you say? Bam! Let me talk about that. What did you say? I can't. I can't hear you. Yeah. Weird acoustics, right? No, that is pretty spooky. What do you guys think? Do you guys? Yeah. What would you say? Do you think that that place was really haunted? By applause, please. We're thinking it's haunted. I think you might have won some skeptics, some believers over. All right, what about you non-believers? I want to I wanna hear it loud. <laughs> Obviously, 10 times as many skeptics as there was believers. <laughs> I just want to say I did an awesome job with that. Great. <laughs> no, so that's all we have for... Uh, yeah, that's what we got. Well, and I just want to mention too. So typically, after we post an episode, we post a poll on our Facebook page. So we always want to hear what uh, our listeners think of our stories and, and which side they land on. And I usually win. She usually wins. So yeah. I like so it. So please, those skeptics that I heard, please follow us on Facebook and just vote <laughs> like Nick does right here. Nick, can you wave to the people? Yeah, he's he's like the only person that votes on my side. So I need some. Need to be some fair, help. I did vote skeptic on one of. Your <gasps> oh, which one? What? The Easter Damn. Island massacre. I legitimately voted skeptic on that. Which one? The Easter Island episode. In July. Eastland disaster. Eastland, Eastland disaster. I'm sorry, Eastland. I'm my like, bad. Easter, Easter Island. Island. I'm sorry. Tired. But now Eastland. I know what the next episode <laughs> is going to be. Island. Easter Island. <laughs> Easter Island disaster. No, the Eastland. Is, I'm sorry. I apologize. No, no, that's good. Okay. no but I, I legitimately voted well, skeptic on, on that. Wow. All right. Wow. Sometimes he wins. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I think we're going to turn it over to Bob After Dark. They have another story that is even oh. spookier. All right. So are you guys familiar with Mobile? I'm joking. <laughs> what? Mobile, Alabama. That's totally yeah. <laughs> the leprechaun. Uh, out there. We asked for an Elgin story. <laughs> oh, God. Did you bring notes? No. Oh. I bought a book. 
Oh, right. but, but then you better start making up some stuff. Of little faith, <laughs> I have some notes. Oh, every week on Bob After Dark, because we're a weekly show, I usually give Anthony some level of crap because he doesn't come prepared. Sometimes it's all up here. We uh we mm-hmm. we base our show. We have weekly news stories that we talk about once a week, and I'm like, Anthony, come with three news stories. Comes with two. nothing. Sometimes two. Two, two, sometimes none. But at every every time he comes with it, he gives me the ye of ye of, of little, little faith. faith. <laughs> so we're actually talking about the Elgin Mental Health Center right here in Ah yes. Who's who? Spooky. Of course, has heard of this. Have you been by? Yes. Yeah. All right. Pretty close to here, isn't it? Yeah, very much. It is very close to here. Yeah. Uh, so fun there's fa- some uh, don't pick up. Uh, oh, sorry. I was gonna say no, no, no. I, my favorite part about that is always there's the don't pick up hitchhikers signs. Yes. Right. By- there <laughs> is that sign by any prison or any mental <laughs> institution. Health institution. Yeah. Yes. I grew up right down the street from the state penitentiary. Ah. And we had that, that explains a lot, Bob. Oh, <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> but um, fun fact about the health center before we continue: for skeptics or believers. The place does have a pretty whacked background in history. So it's actually voted on a lot of websites as one of the most haunted hospitals in America, right here in Elgin. So who ah, way to well go, done, Elgin. Elgin. Yeah. Well done. Elgin Wait, you won't be clapping once you find out why it's one of the most haunted. But let me give you a little background. So the mental health the operated in the state right here in Elgin, its per, per, purpose changed over the years from treating the mentally ill, the criminally insane, tuberculosis, to even acting as a side project for the VA. So they would take veterans that were suffering from PTSD and other forms of mental illness from combat, they would take them for free if the VA was busy to help. Well, what about like hosts that get picked on the whole time during a show? I mean, would they help me? You think? Bet you could take one my of my PTSD? cards. You could take one of my cards. Well, well, you can give us a call. We'll we'll listen to you. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in my bag. Okay. Now, the the creepy part about the mental institution itself or the mental health center isn't the actual center itself. It's what was there. So the mental, the facility you can go and see now is still a regular operating facility. But once upon a time ago, there was infirmaries scattered all around the main building that have now since 1991-1992 have been demolished. The creepiest part, though, is the cemetery Ooh. attached because every ghost story needs a cemetery. It needs a good old yes, cemetery. Yes, it does. <laughs> now you got a little bit of info on the cemetery itself. Bless you. It's horrible. No. <laughs> so, well, maybe. The, you know, to kind of talk about the cemetery, it kind of goes hand in hand with the, um, with the institution as well. Yes. Um, the institution was built in 1870. And like Bob said, many, many people went there. Um, we have to think about treatments that were done for uh, mentally um, mentally ill, Ill? Yeah. people at that stage. It, it was the beginning stages. So treatments like uh, it was called the Utica crib was basically like a child's crib with bars around it. So the people that were treated were basically confined without moving. You know, lobotomies. People were actually, 48 patients there were actually treated um, and injected with radium mm. for, um, for trying to cure. But 
the only thing that that did was basically shorten their lives. But it probably um, made them glow in the dark like the buttons we just gave you. <laughs> sure. Shout out um, for the buttons. There you go. Seizure therapy was done there, inducing seizures where broken bones would happen. So a ton of people died in that area. And they were buried in the cemetery, which actually backs up right to the old golf course, which oh. is always nice. Every, anybody get a birdie? Boom. There's a couple of tombstones right wow. there. Is, is it still active? Do people still play golf there? Yeah. The golf wow. course is, I think it's the Hinsdale golf course, I believe okay. it's called. Is that, is that right, know. guys? Well, there's the, it's called the Hillside Cemetery. Oh, Hillside. 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 Yeah, Hillside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the Right. So it's course. actually yeah, right. Okay. You, if you go there, it's basically right uh, back to back. Wow. Now that cemetery houses about a thousand. 974 graves there. Most of them are unmarked. And right. the ones that are marked are actually made from the hospital's brick and mortar little blacksmith shop masonry shop that was used for the hospital because most of the people that were buried in the hospital cemetery were wards of the state or people that didn't have like the family families didn't have money to bury them so they'd get buried in the hospital cemetery now the worst part about it was stories say that there were sometimes four people to one grave yep buried at that grave site so imagine 974 and maybe some of the lucky ones got some of those brick and mortar gravestones and most of them didn't so you go out there now there's a little plaque that the city county put up that said in remembrance of the people buried there because the last group of people that were buried there were not much longer after the turn of the century but after they shut down the cemetery, quit burying, there is a plaque there saying in remembrance of the people that are buried there without the gravestones and grave sites or markers saying that they were there. Right. And as far as the real spooky part of it, orbs have been seen there. Uh, Anybody know what an orb is? It's light. It's light. Dust. Okay. It's dust particles in the lens, according to Patrick. <laughs> or moisture. Moisture. Colts, That's what it is. Colts, now are these, cold spots. Are these photos with orbs? I believe there's about? some photos there's, in this. Yep, okay. spiritual, yep. yep, and there's paranormal researchers that actually have gone there and uh, photographed this. Uh, cold spots as well. EVPs, which is um, electronic voice phenomenon, uh, has been caught there. And there's actually also been an EVP on a few occasions of a dog barking. Oh. Now, what they suspect and what people believe is a story that this dog was one of the guard dogs of one of the actual security that would work there that that passed on whilst uh, whilst on duty and so the evp of the dog could hear yeah wow yeah uh, that is sad. pretty spooky there's yeah. um some stories of a groundskeeper before he retired he shared a lot of his stories from when he was there He'd did he said, have a hook for an arm no oh okay sorry one-armed Willie. One, no, so <laughs> he shared some of his stories. He said he'd be walking along the areas that were unmarked graves, and he said he would just start feeling waves of unconditioned sadness, where he would just be walking and then just automatically start feeling sad, feeling emotionally heavy, if that makes sense. Wow. He mentioned the demonic dog he heard would be barking, and often he would see pictures of a ghostly face that he would take himself or he would see. I had to throw in the word ghostly, by the <laughs> way. Thank you. <laughs> so he would take pictures and he would actually see puffs of smoke pop up or what he would consider a puff of smoke that would be a of a ghostly face. 
I read some stories about a group of paranormal investigators that went there illegally. By the way, for all of the junior investigators out there, as I call you guys the ghost cadets, do not go to that cemetery after dark unless you have prior permission from the Elgin Police Department or the hospital. You will get fined, and you may get put in handcuffs. So these guys went there illegally. Which I hate means the way that happens. Can you go during the day? No, I'm reading. I'm quoting them directly. Yes, oh, Patrick. Okay. Yes, okay, we gotcha. do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Their names were Bob and Anthony. I mean, <clears throat> <clears throat> so they went out there and did some spiritual photography, which in a long sense means they set up a camera on a tripod, opened up the exposure to see what they would find. And in those those photos that they would take, they found orbs, they found ghostly faces. And the crazy thing is they decided to start doing some recording. And the second they clicked the record button, they started hearing sirens. And they immediately ducked down and tried to go in the hiding thinking that the police were coming to arrest them. The sirens kept going and they kept hearing it, but no, no ambulance, no police car showed up. And they put it up as a ghostly ambulance that was making those noises. So what one of my thoughts was is about opening up the exposure. Do we have any photographers in here? Oh, we have one. So what would, what would happen if you open up the exposure really wide? Does it let in more light? Yes, that's the point. So orbs, let in, it lets in more light. So that right there... It's my skeptic senses tingling. But I'm going to argue with you there for one moment. <laughs> so when you let up on those shutter speed and you let open a lot of the light for orbs to make an appearance, the idea is that the whole frame or the whole photo may become more overexposed if a flash of light was to happen. The idea in spiritual photography is if you were able to catch just even a dot and it doesn't overexpose the entire photo then you may have actually caught something that's centralized. What do my Shaco? camera people say about that? This is it. I mean, it's, it's Nick, you want to come up here? Sure. Oh, wow. He is pulling up. Nick Mataragas from Freak of the Week, in memoriam right after this, by the way. <laughs> so you're talking about taking photos at night at the cemetery. Right? Yes. So you're opening up the exposure, which means you're taking a long exposure. Yeah. Which means that when you get light that seems like it's coming from an unexplained source, um, what happens is any small light source can get picked up on a long exposure, which means it would be picked up, but the person who's holding it or the thing that's causing it may not. It's no. like light yep. writing in, in, in dark photography. I agree. So it come from anything. Yep. And a lot of the times those photos are debunked with bugs, right. Um, right. dust particles, but there are plenty of times that those photos can be not answered and well, sure, you can't answer because unless you're actually there during that entire long exposure time, you don't actually get to see what How it is. How do you explain um, faces then? How do I explain like faces. ghostly images? Yeah, it's yeah. a similar idea. Long exposure person can come in for just a, it, it depends on how long the exposure is obviously but it could be if it's if it's a if it's a three minute exposure if they come in and they look at the camera for two two three seconds you're going to get a, a ghostly image of a face instead of the full crisp image i like how you use the word ghostly the there by the way <laughs> we're going to keep a ghostly this counter is good. so pat this is what we should do i think for all of our episodes is bring in um people to argue for us <laughs> right like seconds Right? So it's like, we don't have to. Yeah. yeah. And we just we sit just, back and go, yeah. 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 What that guy said. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's hear it for Nick. Yeah. Let's hear it for Bob after Dark and Anthony. That's, sorry, Team Believer, I gotta, I gotta back you up. 
Uh, I'm sorry, I know you, should, do you have a few more? I do. If we have time. We, we, we do, we yes. We do have time. Okay, so ah. the inside... <laughs> time, yes. <laughs> so these infirmaries and these other parts of the hospital that were knocked down in the early 90s were actually subjected a lot of times to urban exploration. I don't know if you guys know what urban exploration is. It's a group of people that'll go out and explore abandoned or unused buildings, usually for art purposes. A graffiti artists will go in there and spray paint. Photographers will go in there and get pictures of decay. It's actually a pretty cool art movement. Extremely dangerous, by the way. Um, there's things You're giving this- a lot of ideas to a lot of people, Bob. Well, may I point out that Bob After Dark is not responsible for any damages or injuries or what kind of result from urban exploration or paranormal investigation. Anyway, so... And don't catch mesothelioma. So these urban... These urban explorers that were in there in these different buildings before they got knocked down would be reporting weird things happening within these buildings, such as flashing lights, screams, scratches, footprints, shadowy figures, ladies in white. Oh, no, not this again. <laughs> Always. And my personal favorite, that that was told by five different people that were not in relation to each other. They said they walked into one of the buildings they turn around and in just a few moments, they would see the wall actually start leaking blood. I hate when that happens. Wow. So, so, this, is, this is a it's cinema tonight. It sounds pretty standard, about. though, I would yeah. say, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Walls leak blood. That's what they do, right? So these buildings were knocked around just not because of anything paranormal. These buildings were knocked down just because they were in use and they were not in use and they were pretty much decrepit and falling apart. So don't think they knocked them down due to any paranormal experiences. But the people that were there post the time would then have these you know, these experiences. I was going to say, would you say that the energy would stay in the location even if the building is knocked down? Well, funny you ask, we actually have some um, some research to kind of back this up. Oh, well, I, I just literally like had that question. Uh, not so, there's a couple theories of what a ghost or a spirit might be. And even not you Casper. Skept- not Casper. Not Casper. So even you. I like Casper the best. So even you skeptics have to understand that there is such a thing as energy, right? You guys can't argue with me that energy is a thing that exists. I will say energy does exist. Yes. And there are there are theories in physics saying that when you enter a space, your energy always kind of lingers there. You you were there. There's a thought that pops up and. God, there's a fly here. Not right. Paranormal experience. Um, that's another fly. skeptic, actually. Oh, yeah, the fly is you. trying to come over and tell me, stop talking mm-hmm. about physics. So mm-hmm. in physics, they say that when you think of, a, think of a memory that's sparking some sort of energy, right, or the idea that you were here prior, you're always leaving some sort of trace left behind. What it might be, there's a lot of debate what it is, but they're saying that the energy you leave behind doesn't actually go away or dissipate because energy cannot be created, created or destroyed. destroyed. So some people, the skeptics in the room, may believe that spirits aren't actually some form of entity, but maybe just some ener- residual energy left behind that people leave when they're no longer with us. Right. And it just kind of sparks up. That's now, I've heard a lot of skeptics I mean, use that argument. I mean, I would say it would be very minimum amounts of time, though. Sure. I mean, not like 100 years or so, I wouldn't say no. Energy still sticks around. 
as energy can't be created or destroyed. That's physics. Energy is used for everything. It's used. Sure. So and it transforms into our movement. It's transformed into making the coffee back there. All this is energy. All this is taken from the universe. It's, it doesn't just stay there forever. Well. Can I drop my mic? No. <laughs> Well, there's, I agree with you. The energy, yes. there's still residual energy left behind, and some people believe that's what ghosts actually are. I'm <laughs> guessing you're thinking you're going to go somewhere else with this. Well, well, I was, oh, oh. No, I was going to say, so if you knock down the building, the residual energy would still be there. Aha. Uh -huh. Yes. And, you know, when we think about hospitals, you know, when we think about haunted locations, if you think about it, there's so much death that occurs in hospitals there's life being reborn so these energies intermingle and all almost create a mass amount of energy for other energies to change forms and and move on yeah but in order to make this uh, work with the scientific principle that you guys are bringing up it must be able to be recreated and examined none of these things can be recreated or examined well there was command Right. If we kind of go into the energy and uh, touching upon quantum theory and quantum mechanics, um, when they first kind of started messing around with those theories, um, two scientists looking at the, uh, at the atom, right? Now, I'm no scientist, but you got your atom, you got your electrons, correct? So basically, the experiment was that one of the scientists looked under the electro electron microscope and said, oh, look at the atom. The atom is moving clockwise so then the other uh scientist had a look at the same electron microscope and he said hmm no it's not it's actually moving counterclockwise they redid the experiment same thing so that kind of goes into the theory of um energy is manipulated by our thoughts and kind of goes into i won't go into the spiel of it but of quantum mechanics and quantum theory so that in turn I think on a scientific level can explain a little bit of like what energy is and how it's manipulated. And so if our mind and our hearts are the biggest electromagnetic conductors in this plane of existence, then why can't the spirit move on to a different plane and continue on with that electromagnetic? Because realistically... I to say this to you for a while. Yeah, I think he's prepared for this. <laughs> I, um, uh, I slept in today, so <laughs> I didn't... No, I'm just kidding. There, no, oh. I mean, I... I do understand where you're coming from, but that is also assuming that there is a spirit, that there is a soul, that right. there is a, everything else. I'm Buddhist, so I don't necessarily believe that concept. So I'm going to yeah. have to agree to disagree with you on that. There was yep. also a study done at Berkeley University about death. A bunch what? of hippies. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm probably closer to that. So. so there was a study about what happens to you when you die, right? And Berkeley came to a conclusion that was basically a not conclusion. They said, when you die, your physical essence, right, your body stops functioning, but your conscience itself kind of lingers a little bit. And how did they do this experiment? What equipment did they use to measure that? They were, they were actually measuring near-death experiences and how brain waves react to both near-death, post-death, and people that actually survive these near-death experiences and if you'd like there's a whole um, berkeley actually captured an entire log of thousands and thousands and thousands of near-death experiences so you're saying barely any right 
right? No, there was lots. <laughs> but here's the here's the wild part, and this is where the I think the debate becomes really interesting of what exactly is a spirit, especially in this hospital situation, is a lot of these near-death experiences, some people say when that was their time, black, nothing. Some people said they saw a flash of light, which they then proved it might be some neurons acting goofy. But some people believed that they saw the room around them and they were able to explain while brain dead, legally and medically brain dead, what the doctors were using as far as equipment and what they were doing to their bodies, just wild things that they wouldn't know being unconscious. So what exactly is a ghost? What is a spirit? It could be, there's really no answer. And I think that's the beauty. There's of really no proof. There's really not. It's pseudoscience. It's yeah. no different than cryptozoology, paranormal investigations. It's the, all in blind faith. And if yep. that's what you believe, that's what you believe. Well, I, blind faith maybe is a bit extreme, though. I, I mean, obviously, it's based on some ideas. So, okay, what do you guys think? Is yeah, the Elgin Mental need... Health Center, is that haunted? Yes. All right, how about my skeptics here? Is it not haunted? Again, Nick is applauding, yes. There had to be like 20,000 people clapping with the skeptics. <laughs> I just am saying. So we want to open this up for a couple of questions. Does anybody have any questions? Yeah, or stories to tell? You got to be kind of quick, but something. Yeah, what do we got? We got a little time. No rock. All right, here we go. All right. Do you want to come up? Anthony, can you share your mic with them? Maybe take it off the stand? Certainly. There you go. Whoa. Whoa. Things went crazy. Has there ever been an experience that challenged you as a skeptic? And has there ever been an experience that challenged you as a believer? Ooh, nice. So I was not always a skeptic. I was actually... Whoa. That's not a ghost. That is not a ghost. I'm just going to put that out there. All right, so I was not always a skeptic. I was actually a big believer at one point. Uh, I was a pagan, actually. I, I did rituals, I did all these things, and then one day I, had a, I was at a Buddhist temple, and I had an experience there that really I was like, this is proof that there is something. And I talked to the monk, and they said, that too will pass. And I said, what? And then there's a story by a Zen Buddhist um, monk named uh, Dogen. And Dogen stated that uh, he had a student come to him. And the student said, um, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to be enlightened today. Everything is so cloudy. And they said, that too will pass. Next week, the student came to him and said, you know what? I, I really feel like I've reached enlightenment. And Dogen said to him, that too will pass. So that is my belief going forward from that. My, my experience there was not proof to me. It was just a random occurrence that happened. But it did question you know, my newfound thing, and I struggle with that idea, and that's the reason why we have Ghostly is because I want to believe. I want to have proof that's presented to me that is solid. It's just there is no proof of ghost. No matter point. how much proof I show you. <laughs> Just never gets there. Uh, No, for me, uh, so I'm going to go back to um, middle school, right? Um, So (laughs) I would always have a sleepover for my birthday, and my mom would always get some sort of board game for us to play. And one year, she got basically a box of paranormal, like, things to do. Like, I don't 
don't know why. I don't oh, know. Like I most middle schoolers I will do. say, oh, I, I you know, at eight years old, I convinced my mother to rent children or uh, watch her in the woods. Um, oh, I was like, wow. it's Disney. <laughs> it's terrifying. Uh, but anyway, so we, we did all these activities. We actually um, even did Light as a Feather Stiff as a Board with one of my friends and got her up to our chest area. Yep. So all believers at this point. So we do, we started to do uh, a mental activity where we, you, you take a toothpick and you put it in the box and then everyone sits around and you think at the toothpick, telekinesis, right? Is that where you make it move? Yeah. yeah. So we're going to make it happen. Yes. And we're all sitting there, we're sitting there and all of a sudden it rolls, screaming, my friend Kristen diving into my lap, just terror everywhere. And then you look and you see my friend Courtney laughing and laughing and risen. all I did was just go <laughs> very quietly and to this day she regrets she regrets telling us because we would have still been believers that we made that thing move with our with our minds but that was that was a moment where I questioned mm. belief not any of the episodes that we've done you question <laughs> your belief <laughs> Bob, uh, Anthony any stories that yeah. made you question so uh, part of what we do in the show is we talk about cryptid zoology and we talk about cryptids, right? If you got real brief, what is a cryptid? It's basically your generic monster story, werewolf, Bigfoot, Bigfoot. et cetera, okay. right? Okay. So I went and I was doing some research about this cryptid that was terrifying this town. Mobile, Alabama. You got it. <laughs> There's a leprechaun there, I hear. Ooh, that, that, that story made me a skeptic, but no, <laughs> I, um, I, Heard the research. I did all. I heard the reports. The whole nine. I went and sat in the woods. It was midnight. This was years ago when I first started studying this because of my origins and seeing the Mothman and etc. I'm like, yes, this might be what I've been looking for. Sat out in the woods till midnight, and I'm telling you, this entire town believed what they were seeing that night. And I went and sat out in those woods and nothing except caught a cold. So. I went and based, basically answer your question. I followed mass hysteria to nothing. Mm. And that, that made me question a bit, but I've seen things since to bring me back to hashtag team believer. Okay. Anthony. Okay. Uh oh. Oh, maybe. That's fine. Um, I was born to believe. <laughs> no, I mean, like Bob said, you know, we've done investigations. I've seen things that I can't explain. You know, can I call them paranormal? Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. Um, do I love to believe? Absolutely. And the reason why I do believe because those things that I have seen are very much not um, explainable on this level of existence. So, but as we go into investigations, we always kind of go in there with a little bit of a skepticism because... Thank you for that. As the human, and you have to have that skepticism because if you do go into a situation or do believe um, that you know this place is haunted, then we are trained to kind of lean towards that. So every little thing can be, oh, it's a ghost, where in fact it could be something else. But on the other end of the spectrum, there are very, very much a lot of things that I've seen personally that are on that uh Hashtag team believer uh, scale, yeah? Well, I would say if you ever have a paranormal investigator and have a need for one, whoa, geez, I don't know what's happening. Um, but uh, always be wary of one that says that they always find something. 
Because uh, yes. usually yes. it is something else. There's a big difference between what I like to call blind believing and having some understanding and believing. I'm an understandable believer. I Every investigation I go on ever since my mass hysteria catching a cold, mm-hmm. every investigation I do, every story I research, I pick it up and I say, this never happened. And then I base my research, my investigations, and I let that sway me from there. Every story I research, every investigation I go on, I'm going to say, I'm not going to see anything. Nothing's here. And then I let the universe change my mind. Well, awesome. Well, it is time for us to wrap this up. I'm sorry, guys. Wish we could ghostly all night with you guys, but we can't because I've been beaten up and I have PTSD now from this, this episode. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, first of all, I would like to thank Elgin Fringe Festival for having us. We are big believers in the Fringe. Yes. Also, I would like to thank Blue Box for for having Elgin Fringe Fest here. Yeah. Chris has been amazing to us. So if you're in Elgin ever, definitely stop by the Blue Box and get yourself some of that oat milk coffee. It is so good. (laughs) Uh, I'd also like to thank Michael Rivers again from driving here from Appleton. Yeah. He's going to play a little bit more here soon. And lastly, I would like to thank Bob After Dark. Bob, why don't you tell them where they can find you? Uh, Before I do that, I know we're cutting it close, but I just wanted to say thank you to the Ghostly Podcast. On behalf of us, this is our first live experience, so they gave us an opportunity, and these guys are the best podcasters you're ever going to hear. So thanks. thanks. This is our first live show, too. So So these guys deserve all my thanks. But if you guys are interested in Bob After Dark, the show that basically takes the Johnny Carson route of the paranormal. You can listen to us live every Tuesday night, 9 p.m., bobafterdark.com for more details. And they actually do a live video of their show, too. So they are on the radio. They do they do Facebook Live. So definitely get on there, and you can participate. You can talk to them while they're doing the show. We have a phone line you can call into that's live, and we're under FCC regulations. <clears throat> but you can call and talk to us live, and we also have a chat. So you guys can chat with us while we're doing the show, and you can call in. And then I just wanted to mention, you can find Ghostly at ghostlypodcast.com, of course. You have that on the flyers that we gave you. Uh, and also on basically anywhere that you find podcasts, you can yeah, find When us. you're looking for the podcast, just search for Ghostly. When you're looking for anything on social media, we're Ghostly Podcast. Uh, you can also go to ghostlypodcast.com. Click up at the top. There's either a hamburger menu or you're going to see all the options. Click find us. You'll find all the spots to be able to just start listening to us. Right away. Um, so Yeah, including this episode, hopefully, be coming out in a couple of weeks. Yes, yes, this episode will be coming out probably Wednesday. Yeah, that's true. So if you guys want to hear it and relive this moment that I am in terror of, uh, you guys can. <laughs> and I had one more thing. If there's any uh, other fringe uh, folks here tonight that have shows that want to give them a little plug to the audience here, take a second. Yes. <laughs> uh, my name's Jacob Mayfield. I'm doing a mind reading and mentalism show at 1030. So if you like this style of performance, come <laughs> check it out. Should be a fun Ooh, time. Where are you going to be? Uh, Elements Loft Preserve. Ooh, nice. Awesome. Anybody else got a show? Uh, I think Nick does. <laughs> and I think I will be playing guitar in it, too. So if you guys want to see that, come along. 
Yeah, so in memoriam, uh, 7.30, so right after this at the uh, public house. And yeah, Pat's going to be playing guitar. Um, don't, don't, don't not show up because he's a skeptic. Uh, <laughs> please, please, please come and see our show. All right. Wait, well, there's one more. There's I know one it's more. not today, but do you oh, want to yes. talk about your show? The Night Moose. I all right, mean, we have all day, Steven. Come on. So. All right. uh, oh, yo, uh, oh, yo, yo, yo. Uh, Night Moose Improv. We're doing some things tomorrow at uh, 3. Or is that right, Katie? Yes, that's correct. All right, 3 at uh, Elgin Public House. We uh, make up a bunch of stuff that we made up in the back of a van once, so come see us do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you guys very much. Without you, we'd be nothing. So thank you so much for coming out. Thank you. And remember, stay ghostly. Bye.